0: Thanks, Matt. Matt and I are both um, newbies. This was the first time that, that he was leading and we both got um, roped into this, shall we say, kind of late, uh, because co- with Colin's absence, somehow this uh, chapel wasn't gonna work with the old plan. So. Um, so, Barry said, Joan, this is easy, you know. Just, I mean, Janet did it last week. She just talked about some things she'd been reflecting on over the summer. And I thought, okay, what have I been reflecting on? Work, that's what I've been reflecting on. What, Janet? You're holding something against him? It was very, oh, he also said it was excellent, was, yes. Um, He was trying to sell me on this, so. Um, And I thought, and then I also always look at the calendar. There's nothing really on the liturgical calendar, but on the other calendar, there's Labor Day. And so I thought, this is a good chance for us um, before the onslaught of students as well because it's kind of an unnatural setting right now, isn't it? I uh, realize that I've transitioned into this in an unnatural setting. And last week I was walking through the hall and the camp was going on I thought, What is all that noise and commotion? And I had this sort of resentment rising up until I checked myself and said, wait a minute, we're here for students, right? And uh, uh, if I'm the dean of students, I think job security depends on there being some students around. So change of attitude called for. Uh, But I haven't experienced it yet. So work, who needs it? What's God got to do with work? Our culture gives some really strong negative images about work, right? It says things like, I found a couple of cartoons. Uh, Barry doesn't quite do this. It's Monday, get to work. Uh, We haven't gotten to that point yet. Maybe Gary, I don't know. Um, How about this one? I like work. It fascinates me. I can sit and look at it for hours. Well, maybe you can in my cubicle, in my fishbowl. I can't quite get away with that. Work is often called this, the rat race, right? That, and it, so it's completely negative. Who wants to do this? You're just running with the other rats. And the problem with win, winning the rat race is that at the end of it, you're still just a rat, right? And then the only way to make some sense out of work is this one, is that you can, you can use it as a ladder to climb up because the, what's at the end is money. And that's what it's about, because money means freedom, and we just put up with work because it's a way to get money and to get freedom, supposedly. Well, I'm here to tell you that work is actually a good idea, and it's God's idea. And we go back to creation to look at that. That's why we sang a number of songs about creation. That, first of all, God works. Often, when we focus on creation, we focus on, you know, God's word is power, the power of God's word. And that's really true that some things God spoke into being, but there are also things that God did. Uh, He worked. It says this um, God separated the light from darkness. This is something that He was involved in. He made two great lights, He created the great creatures of the sea, He formed a human being, and breathed into him, God's most intimate um, creating act. And, and, and then it says, oh, the Lord had planted a garden in the east. Isn't that great? Don't you like to think of that, of God, um, you know, rolling up his sleeves and, and planting a garden? And, and it's almost like children playing, making sandcastles or playing with Play-Doh, God creating a human being and breathing into him. So God is busy. God is active, he's involved, he's doing things. And there's a pleasure in what he does. And it's also, um, there's also rest involved. There's always this doing, satisfaction, it's good, it is just good. And then rest. God rests from his work, which is a piece I think we forget about sometimes. And then humans humans are created to work god creates humans not simply to lounge around in the garden and hang grapes and you know eat them and that sort of thing but but he gives he gives the human beings jobs to do he um takes the man into the garden of eden to work it it says and take care of it and you know that he gave adam this job right of naming the animals i don't know how many there were but imagine them coming by, and Adam's inventing and making up. See this imaginative, playful process that work is? I'm sure brought Adam joy just as it had God. He's, he's imaging God in the working that he does. And then God gives the human beings um, responsibility in the garden. He says, you are to be fruitful and multiply. You need to steward what I've given you, take care of it. You are to manage what I have given you, and we might call that work. They are to work there. And I imagine that it was done with satisfaction and pleasure. And so what happened? Well, you know that you just turn the page in Genesis and you get to what happened the fall, as we call it in Genesis 3. Through the disobedience of the humans, this sin virus infected the world, and it infected everything about the world, not just their human hearts or or wills or or souls, but everything is affected, and that includes work. There's very um, clear consequences for work. God says to Adam, Adam and Eve, "Cursed is the ground because of you." Notice, the human beings are never cursed, but the ground is cursed. It's now going to be against the human beings. Work, the pleasure of that work has been taken away because now it's through painful toil that they're going to eat of it. And the ground is going to produce thorns and thistles, all of those negative things that come against us as we work because now by the sweat of your brow you will eat your food. It's affected. Work still needs to be done. Humans are wired to work. Things have to be taken care of. And in fact, you could argue there's more to be done now than there was in the initial creation because now we have to contend against the effects of sin in this world. And we all experience that, right, in our work Even though we work at Tyndale University College and seminary, or we study there, or we're doing something else, the effect of sin has infiltrated our work. It affects everything. There's drudgery, there's stress, there's aggravation, there are deadlines, there are um, bosses that walk around with shotguns, apparently, and and we're left wondering if it's all worth it. And, And maybe it's easy to buy into the cultural model of, if we can just make enough money to get free of work, then we wouldn't have to do this anymore. So what do we do with the brokenness of work in this world? Well, we also believe as Christians that the fall, sin, isn't the end, right? There's redemption through Jesus. And redemption also affects our work. God's plan, I was struck that we also sung songs that talked about creation restored again, that that is God's God's desire, is that things again in some way can be as they were at the beginning. It says this in Colossians that... About Jesus, God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in Jesus and through him to reconcile to himself all things. Whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Not just reconcile to himself human beings, but reconcile to himself all things. And we see in Romans 8 the image of creation itself groaning because things aren't as God originally intended them to be. Everything is affected by sin. And that includes, then, the area of our work that God wants us wants to see reconciled work, vocation, calling. Whether that is gardening or, or parenting or school bus driving or working at a computer or building something, somehow what we do can be redeemed. So what does that look like? Well, there's a couple of clues in the New Testament. First of all, Paul says, and I I admit the context is a little different here, but what he, he says is, so whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Do it to the glory of God. There's a sense of not buying in to culture's idea, not just thinking this is drudgery so that I can do something else, have freedom, but doing what I do to the glory of God. Then in Colossians 3, let every detail of your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master Jesus, thanking God, the Father every step of the way. Again, there's, there's an attitude there. There's a sense of directional living that, that our, our, our work, everything that we do is directed to the glory of God and in the name of Jesus. And notice the thanksgiving in there, thanking God, because thanksgiving can so change our hearts and our attitudes. And a little few verses later in Colossians, whatever you do, this is actually instructions to slaves or uh, workers or servants, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. As working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Not just at Tyndale. But wherever you are, wherever you go, the spirit of God is with you and goes on you. It's not like you walk through an office door or the subway and God says, oh, I'm not going there, I'm withdrawing my spirit from you. God goes with you wherever you go. He's with my husband right now working at his office downtown Toronto. He's with my, my daughter um, working at Young Street Mission. He, he, God is wherever we are and he is in what we are doing. The kingdom of God is coming through how we are directing our work towards God and Jesus. There's no time in our lives from which God is absent. There's no place where we go where God says, oh, I'm not not following you or I haven't been there. Whether it's menial work or volunteer work or paid work or delightful work or drudgery for an hour, God is in it and he cares about what we do. He wants us to be inspired, which is filled with the Spirit. The Spirit is in it if we offer it up to him as worship. I I love this quote from Martin Luther King, Jr., Apparently, he was speaking to a group of, of high school students, and I imagine they would have been African Americans, you know, in the 50s. Um, and so they didn't think they had a lot of good job prospects because of the tensions. And, and he says to them, if it falls your lot to be a street sweeper, the implication being, if that's all that you are going to be able, so that's the only job that you can get right now. If if all you are is a street sweeper, he says, sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures. Sweep streets like Beethoven composed music. Sweep streets like Shakespeare wrote poetry. Sweep streets so well that the hosts of heaven and earth will have to pause and say, here lived a great street sweeper who swept his job well. Here lived a great administrative assistant who administered well. Here lived a registrar who registered well. Here lived a student who, who studied well. Here lived a dean who deaned well. Here lived a techie who techied so well nobody else could understand what he was doing. <laughs> Here lived many Duloy Christu who served well. As we enter a new season, again, Labor Day is soon upon us and these halls are going to look very different next week and the week after that. Let's offer up our, our vocation Our worries, our stresses, our cares, our work to God who delights in his children. And I'd invite you to stand now as I lead you in prayer. And after that, we're going to have a song of dedication before we go. And I would actually like to invite you, if you um, feel comfortable, to, to open up your hands and uh, I'm going to lead you in prayer. We're going to open up our hands and as a sign of offering to God all these things that we've talked about today. God, creator, redeemer, sustainer. Here we are, your people gathered in a certain place and time from the busyness of our day. And you know, Lord, what each of us have been busy with, what we are concerned about, what's rattling around in our mind as we're trying to concentrate here today. And Lord, we offer this up to you. We put before you, Lord, all of the students whose names we know who are coming but all of those who, whom we don't know yet, but whose names are, are in our computer or maybe haven't even registered yet, but whom you are calling to come here. O oh Lord, we offer them up to you. We pray that you will bless them richly, that they will be supported and encouraged, and that they may know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are in this place, And that as we work for you, they too will work with satisfaction and joy. And hearing you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, we offer this up to you and seek your face. Take our lives, Lord, as we offer them to you.